Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Woo! Yeah! It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I am also excited about what the stars are doing in free agency. We will get to that with our own Shippy and our own Hockey Hawk Gavin Spittle coming up here in 20 minutes as we do a little uh, stars roundtable action. John Daniels at 420. But uh, KT, I think it's... Now, I don't know... If the tides have turned in the last three hours since the uh, news of the Seth Curry signing and the thought that Danny Green is in play and the thought that maybe Dragic is still in play, but I can guarantee you as I put my phone down on my bedside table last night at 1245 and I was finally tapping out, I felt like the anxiety and angst from the toxic bitches on Mavs Twitter was just overwhelming. It was so negative and so brutal. And dude, yeah, I'm going to uh, say that I brought a lot of this onto myself because I was very optimistic about free agency. Now, I'm still optimistic about free agency and I think that the Mavericks are still going to add players that are going to matter and I think this team is going to be very, very good next year. But they obviously didn't get Kemba, which is the only A-list guy that they thought that they had a shot at. And then once Horford opted out, all that changed. But do you think that, because I know you experienced a lot of the anxiety and hate this morning and and last night, do you think now that people are starting to even out a little bit and not be so damn emotional, or do you think it's still full tit, full (laughs) tilt? Did you dump that? It was a misspeak. We shouldn't have to dump misspeaks, right? No, you shouldn't. Full tilt. And that word shouldn't even be illegal anyway. I agree. (laughs) Double middle finger to the air. I hate the world uh, vibe that Mav fans are sending out right now. Do you think they've evened out at all? No. Well, we're going to let them call in. We're going to let them call in at 540. We're all going full booby. We're going full booby at 540. (laughs) If you're angry and you want to yell at me and tell me I'm a Cuban bootlicker or whatever you want to do, if you want to act like you deserve something because you bought a Mav jersey one year, we'll let you call in at 540 and we will let you fully sound off. And there's a lot of people that were angry at me, like I somehow have say over who the Mavs do and don't sign. Yeah, Dude, I'm here to tell you, I personally would have signed Pat Beverly. I don't make decisions for the Mavs, all right? I can tell you what I would do, but there's a lot of teams, including the Milwaukee Bucks, for example, that if they're wondering about a guy's injury history, they're not going to sign him. And yeah. I think the Mavericks tend to fall in that category. So even though I thought he fit, I don't think the Mavs ever were really they – were, they were looking at it as, all right, let's see what happens with your number. And the easy thing to do if you're a frustrated fan is say, well, why were you talking about him for two weeks? Right. Because you thought he was a good fit. I thought he was a great fit. I still think he's a good fit. Yeah. But he ain't coming here. He's going back to the Clippers. And by the way, I can tell you, man, I talk, I've talked to a lot of people in the last 72 hours. One guy told me last night at 10 o'clock that he thought the Clippers were only going to offer Pat Beverly a one-year deal. And then they mm-hmm. ended up offering him the deal that was floated a week ago Damn. by Woj and everybody else. That's exactly what the Clippers gave him. 
So that's a lot of how these things work. But I'm telling you, I know because I knew this on Saturday talking to people. The Mavs weren't going to go in hard on Pat Beverly. How much time did you spend defending all this last night on on Twitter? Because I, really, I pretty much responded to every single person, and it kept me up till 3 a.m. <laughs> I responded to about really 5% of it yeah. because I'm like, look, everyone's upset right now. I get it. Feel upset. Feel your emotion. I can't, I can't take the time to respond to all this negativity because it's not productive. Yeah. However, you kept making this point, but no one cares because they're just freaking out. Uh, there's a long way to go on this. And I think I had already resigned myself to the fact that they weren't getting Kimball Walker, so I wasn't going to freak out over Brogdon going here or Beverly going here because, quite frankly, I didn't think the Mavs were in on those guys. Sure. And I was like, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what ends up happening. Uh, you, I can't tell you how many different responses I've gotten on talk about D'Angelo Russell over yeah. the last three weeks. And here's the Warriors. Did you see the report today that everyone expects the Warriors to flip D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> no, like I didn't expect that at all. They, they're going to flip him. They're not, you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep him to the trade deadline. And then move and on. They're going to let him get buckets and keep them in the race. And then Clay's going to show up, and they're going to move D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. But but and it reminded I, me of the way the Mavericks used to do business when it was genius. like, hey, let's get Antoine Walker and Antoine Jameson in here, even though they play the same position. Because if you don't do that, you, I, I thought their play might be, you know what, let's just have a thirty game season for Steph and call it off with an injury. Mm-hmm. But they also have the dilemma of being in a new stadium, mm-hmm. so tanking it up is not really much of an option. No. And by the way, Clay Thompson. By the way, they're good enough even without Clay to go win games. Yeah, in the for West. sure. And they got. We'll we'll see who they get to keep, who they don't get to keep. I really but, like the Knicks strategy of loading up on uh, power forwards so they can flip them at the deadline. God, what? <laughs> so the idea that the Knicks were unsure. Now let me just say this: sometimes there's just bad PR, and hey, yeah. I, th- I think the Mavs dealt with a lot of bad PR last night. But the Knicks floating the story that they weren't sure about Kevin Durant's health status, which is why they aren't interested in offering him a max contract so they can sign Julius Randle and Bobby Portis, which is like, quite honestly, the Mike Bassick dream team. Yeah. Like that, if, if you, hey, Bassick, who are your two favorite players of all time? Julius Randle and Bobby Portis. Well, you're a Nick fan now. But <laughs> the whole idea that, that they knew Kevin Durant had I'm a lifelong Knicks fan. Shut up, me. They knew that Kevin Durant had no desire to go there, so they floated a story that they weren't interested in him either. Because, dude, just we were getting tweets from Dean Blandino, who's a tortured Knicks fan. Surely, I mean, I know the G Bag Nation played the Michael Rappaport audio. Yeah. We can sit here and complain all we want, but let me just remind everybody that the Clippers had max cap space. The Knicks had max cap space, and L.A. and New York are supposed to be the two best media markets on the planet, and they didn't get interviews either, homie. That's that's where the, the hype train that happened here, though, led to fan bases getting really excited mm-hmm. and fan bases being really mad. Yeah. And I don't I'm think there was a lot of— a stop the hype. There was very little down the middle, you know? So like, yeah, I don't know. Because, Twitter's usually very reasoned and nuanced. Well, yeah, but I, just in general, I think fans, though, are like— I think add the human element to this. Yeah, Sunday night. We've been talking about this for two weeks. I'm excited. It's finally here. Sunday night. Yep. Got to go to work tomorrow, though. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and my team got nothing. No, that's and now fair. I got to go to work on Monday morning. That's, that's how fair. I think a lot of people looked at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And double down. Like, 
man, tonight sucked. We've been talking about this for weeks. Why didn't they get Pat Beverly? What are they doing? But okay, so I get it. But it's all it's that and that's that whole perspective aspect of this. Because I can't tell you how many people have tweeted me for the last three or four months. Why do you think Porzingis is going to sign here? He did before the damn bell rang. He committed. That's what I tried to. That's what I was trying to like pass along. No, I've like, for three months. I've had everybody tell me I'm stupid for thinking Porzingis, Porzingis is going to do the one year deal, man. I mean, nope. you don't know what you're talking about. It's like I've been telling everybody, dude. He's signing here. You just acquired a guy that is impossible to get. And I'd like to remind everybody, because all I've seen is, oh, my God, our front office sucks. They're the worst ever. And we'll talk about the Dragic thing in a minute, because that is very weird. But while everyone's telling me the front office sucks, I'd like to take you back to the day that we acquired Porzingis. At 320, Woj is listing six teams that have a chance at Porzingis. 20 minutes later, the Mavs, who aren't on that list, have a done deal. Yeah. But you're going to tell me the Mavs front office sucks. And they've gone from, in less than a year, in less than one year, they have gone from no elite players to two of the best players in the world under the age of 25. And I got to sit here and listen to how the Mavs front office sucks. Got it. You make good. These are all good points, everybody. You're nailing it. Over I mean, can you stop being so damn emotional and take a step back and really look at the whole field? You're in so much better shape than you were 13 months ago. It's comical. Like, you have completely turned your franchise around. And I understand that you can't see it because you haven't watched Porzingis play in a year and a half and nobody has. That's a fair argument. I get it. Just That's why when we had that uh, bandwagon conversation mm-hmm. last week, I said, get back to me on the Mavs in January. Yeah. Because it's going to be, barring injury, they're going to be steamrolling people. Mm-hmm. People are going to be so pumped up. Now, the problem is the West is still super loaded, it's and a outrageous. lot of good teams in the West did some good stuff today and yesterday. Yeah, which is why we do not want Kawhi to go to the Lakers. Yeah. You just don't want that. Yeah. In fact, I want him to stay in Toronto. I think I might rather lose Danny Green to Toronto just to yeah. have Kawhi stay. Because how good is how good are the Lakers if LeBron misses 30 games again without Kawhi? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, Kuzma and Anthony Davis, are they, they I don't even know what their team up? is yet. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, if they don't get Kawhi, that also impacts the Mavericks because then the Clippers and the Lakers and the Mavericks have all the same money for all the same players. Sure. I was looking at like the just the entire Western Conference. Okay, yeah, the Grizzlies, the Suns. I feel really good about being for sure better than them. And then you start moving it on down the road and you go, okay, I, I like to think we're better than the Spurs right now. You know, I would like to think that. Uh, hey, dude, I didn't give the Spurs near enough credit. The Spurs fans let me know about it all year long, and that is fair. That was... Never doubt Pop. I'm a moron. Probably better than the Kings, even though they've done some pretty shrewd things. I don't know, man. I think the Kings have a chance to be really good. I love their backcourt. I, You know me. I was a big fan of Bagley. Bagley yeah, third. absolutely. I think he's a baller. I Harrison Barnes taking a Harrison, t- team-friendly deal and Ariza sliding in there. Dude, the, we were talking last week. We wanted Ariza. That would have been nice. I think the Kings are going to be really good. Utah had a good, good day. Hey, but by the way, can I say something yeah. after just giving the Kings all that love? They don't have two players as good as Luca and Porzingis. Luca and Porzingis potential top twenty players in the entire league. And that's and I'm saying that saying I love what the Kings have done. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. But they don't have two guys as good as those two guys. T Wolves unable to get anything and there were rumors about them and D'Angelo Russell. Right. So still fucking you're better than them. We're, I be- the Mavs, we're better. I the Mavs are a playoff team right now. They're in the mix for sure. And we'll see how quickly New Orleans dude, David Griffin, their gym is a beast. They getting they needed shooting. So they went and got J.J. Redick. I don't know a lot about that Euro dude they signed, but I heard he's a phenomenal shooter. And then Derek Favors, they needed rebounding. That's a guy the Mavs had interest in. Does that take a year, though? 
Uh, it might. Zion going to come in and blow everyone's doors off like Luka did? I don't think so. I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, but the thing is, the way Zion plays, he's going to be playing off Drew Holiday and Lonzo. Yeah. And, dude, Brandon Ingram's a great playmaker. Yeah. So I, I think I think the Pelicans could be in the playoff hunt easily. I mean, I, I think there's a good shot that thing could gel. The J.J. Redick is a great vet. Drew Holiday is a great vet. I love what the Pelicans did. So, dude, the West is a bloodbath. But I believe so much in that duo of Luke and Porzingis. Let's hit on this uh, because, I mean, come on, man. This is the signing so far. When Seth Curry was here, the last season he was here, he basically gave you 13 points a game on 43% from three, 48% from the field. Last year, he hit 85% of his free throws and 45% of his threes. But this really interesting nugget from our good buddy Bobby Corella. This is, I'm just going to read this. It's a paragraph he put on Mavs.com. During one stretch of the season, this is when Curry was a Mav. He averaged 14.5 points on 52% shooting and 50% from three. He shot five threes a game. That's a 63% effective field goal percentage. It says, for reference, Gary Harris led all guards in effective field goal percentage for the season at 58.7. And then you're saying, well, that's for a stretch. That was from December 10th to March 10th, over 42 games with 1,200 minutes. That's half of an NBA season. He would have shattered what all other guards did for effective field goal percentage. Now, let me remind you, that was two years ago when they didn't have Luka Doncic. Yeah. That was a different team. He's going to be wide open. I was, uh, and yesterday I was real heavy because I think yesterday morning, or mm-hmm. I saw, oh, I saw you yesterday. I was like, hey man, Seth Curry, what's uh, what's going on with him? You're like, I'd love to have him back. I would love to have. And him then that back. happened. I didn't know their relative interest. I remember times, and there were spurts, and it was a bad year for the team. But there were spurts where Seth Curry would go take over games, yeah. just little spurts. Yeah. But that's kind of what they need. If you think about Luca and KP, or if they're off the court, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and. I don't know how Tim Hardaway fits into that mix, you know. Tim uh, Hardaway. So here's the deal: on know, Tim Hardaway I, Jr. He was dealing with a stress fracture last year. Mm-hmm. All right, now Tim Hardaway Jr. is always going to put up shots that drive you nuts because that what happens with guys that score in bunches. You know, for example, uh, Lou Williams at times will put up shots that drive you nuts. Yeah, no, rather than Lou, but you know what I'm saying. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a guy who's legitimate drop 17 a game in the NBA. But I feel like Seth, and maybe it's. They're different players, obviously, but yes. like I think, like Seth, you see him make the right basketball play. Yes, like he is a very good, smart basketball player. Absolutely, and a hell of a story, dude. I mean, a guy who was undrafted and mm-hmm. G leagued his way up to it. Yep. like he I had, mean, his, and he was so fun to watch in the playoffs. With he, Portland. Bur- he he was, and Dawson brought that point up too. Hey, there was times where he was huge for us in the playoffs. Yeah. So Seth Curry's a good signing. Maxi Kleba, I mentioned this earlier. You could make an argument that he was the best all around defensive player for the Mavs last year. I don't know what's going to happen with Dorian. He's still in play right now. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Kawhi. Does Danny Green end up here? Are they still sniffing around Dragic? If any news breaks uh, regarding the Mavs or NBA stuff, we'll be bringing it to you today. Action-packed day, uh, day here on the Ben and Skin Show. 105.3 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.